Hi Champions, Coach T here. We're back with part two of our commitment series. Part one was just amazing. All right. Who knew that cognitive biases could affect our commitment levels at that point? Right. So this week we are unpacking two more cognitive biases that we didn't get a chance to cover last week. So there's more learning, more impacting to happen. So make sure you're ready to take your notes and enjoy. Um, Tepa, if you can just open for us in prayer, we would highly appreciate that jump. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning to bless this morning session, that we may take what we're going to learn from today's and apply in our lives. We thank you for the past week and week that we are facing forward in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Dave. Morning, Caroline. Morning, Kola. Good to see you guys this morning. Hey, morning, Coach. How are you, Jam? I'm good, Coach. How are you? Ah, fantastic, fantastic. All right, guys, let's get right to it. Okay, um, so the, the first thing I want us to just go through is I'm going to take two, two people just to reflect on um, the lessons of last week, um, what you have learned, if there's any questions that you have, um, what 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 thought processes have you guys been going through um i'm pretty sure a lot of you had never thought of this of linking this to to the lack of commitment but from the feedback that i've been getting with regards to the accountability groups is that it, it, it really made sense to a lot of you um and it really resonated with a lot of you so i'm gonna take um feedback from um let's say tapang and malimo yeah, let me get some feedback from Tepang and Molimo. Um, Tepi, we can start with you. What were your reflections on last week's session? Um, my reflections were particularly in line with um, when it came to the confirmation and the uh, anchoring biases. Mm -hmm. that, um, that, that came into light, like I always thought that every when everything basically goes wrong, it's always a sign not to do things but then I realized that if things go wrong it's not necessarily a sign for you not to do things other times it's a sign to continue doing things and sometimes things just happen there's no particular reason behind it happening and it doesn't necessarily mean that you should give up on certain things just because this one thing didn't work out mm -hmm. yeah that, that's like the main thing I picked up and also the fact that 70% of what we're doing is not exactly the things that set you on fire mm -hmm. so it makes sense when you run out of energy and you just necessarily don't even feel like doing half of the things that you said you would do yeah that's true that's true sometimes the conclusions we we walk into the room with are the very things that limit our experience of the room we're trying to walk into right mm -hmm. mm. that's 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 a very huge huge thing um Big limbs, let's hear from you, champ. Okay, um, well, between the three, what's this, um, cognitive biases, I kind of found it a bit difficult to separate them because they're very similar, right? Okay. Um, but like while I was thinking about it, like I wanted to ask where does instinct fit in, like, or can it fit in when it comes to this, which is like reacting to how you feel at that moment instead of relying. 
All right. On, on so, so the thing with, with instinct is a lot of us, we think that we, we don't monitor our instincts, right? So we don't even know if our instincts are being influenced. You understand? Because with biases, a lot of the times your, your initial reaction is influenced by a thought process. You understand? So if you don't monitor the thought process that influences the very instinct that you say that you have, you then are not quite sure if this is something that is intrinsic to who you are or it's because of the biases that, uh, that are there. So it's, it's very important that you understand that, that it's, 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 you need to monitor the very things that you call instinctive behavior. Because some of us, what we've defined as instinct is just habit. Habit mm. that was birthed through implicit memory, habit that was birthed through um, certain things. And then you then have this anchoring belief that this is just who I am. You understand? Because you think it's part of your instinct, you then have this anchoring belief that this is just who I am. All right. So and the instinct could have been affected by past events exactly. and then you react to okay, okay. Exactly, exactly, exactly. All right. Welcome on board, Khuti. Welcome on board. Um, the code is the same every month, right? So Dudu will be sending out a code. How long is this one for Dudu? Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, it's till the end of July. All right. So you can keep using the same code till the end of July, but we'll keep sharing it on the group. Um, but in case, yeah, you, you just remember till the end of July, the code is the same. Awesome stuff. All right. Um, so then I asked you guys to do some homework, right? I asked you guys to do some homework on missing the misinformation effect. All right. Um, Tepo, let's hear from you. What, what, what have you found out about the misinformation effect and um, how do you think it, has, it can affect our, our commitment levels? All right, so I'm going to take um, some feedback from Tepo, I'm going to take some feedback from Amo, and then also from Tato. So um, I, have, I found a little bit of something on, on Wikipedia, um, uh, which, which I'm going to read from. Um, but I also kind of like made my own final conclusion on how that is impacting that in my life. So Wikipedia just says that the information from uh, information, misinformation effect happens when a person or persons recall an episodic memories becomes less accurate because of a post event information, right? So, um, so what I picked up from that is that, um, People tend to easily fact, easily forget um, about things that are happening to them um, quickly, uh, without really recalling what happened in the past or what they've chosen in the past. You know, uh, so um, uh, and and what I what I then picked up at the end of what I saw in that um, uh, that I guess that uh, Wikipedia uh, information that I got. Um, I just want to get it here. Said that. The, uh, it says that the research on the misinformation effect has uncovered concerns about the permanence and reliability of memory. So meaning that um, you might have chosen something in the past, that, but it can easily be changed in a few minutes. So um, when I had that up with commitment is what we're doing in terms of our Saturday calls, 
is that I think it's extremely important that um, as, as, as you're going on a journey, it's important that you should not be easily affected by things that just pop up out of nowhere, right? So when somebody says to you that, uh, for example, I'll go back to an example of confirmation bias, right? Somebody would have said that, you know, um, there's no way, there's no way that you can become a millionaire because of the fact that you're constantly worrying about your, your friends and family and, and, and whatever. And then, you, then, then something happens and then because of your family and friends, and then you say, you see, that confirmed that. But when the truth is, I think if you can constantly going back to, to, to the, I guess, the first memory and stick to that, um, it cannot affect, I guess, uh, it cannot, you, you cannot be, I guess, be challenged by a misinformation effect. Um, I, I hope I know. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's, my, that's my take on that. All right. Awesome stuff. Amu, let's hear from you. Um, well, Tebo just said the, the definition right now, but I was mainly looking at um, examples like videos to see what it actually implies. So a lot of videos that I've watched were um, accidents. Um, they were psychology, psychological videos are more about accidents where how people recall um, can forget things quite quickly. So mm. for me, it was quite interesting because they asked someone who just, who just witnessed um, an accident, who saw everything that happened. But because people were speaking behind her, um, saying this happened, this happened, this happened, although she saw it um, herself, uh, when they asked her, when the police questioned her, she was just like, she, all she could remember was what the people were saying. So even though she saw what she, um, she saw with her eyes, what the people were saying influenced her more. So for me, that was kind of um, alarming because it shows that even though you may have seen something. Um, your memory can just be, like it can just be, be white in that moment. Like you know the truth in yourself, but when someone comes with something new or something different or a different story compared to yours, it's easy for you to change that story according to match that other person. So um, I've been just, I've just been thinking about myself saying, is everything that I'm, I'm recalling, you know, from my memory, is it true? Because after seeing this, they actually had a test like throughout weeks when they call people to ask them the same questions, but they keep on forgetting as the weeks go by and keeping keep on keep picking those, the wrong answers because they showed them pictures and they were picking wrong answers so it made me question my own memory being like okay how now do i now um process because i learned about three i'm processing um for memory they say it's encoding processing and then retrieving so that's the retrieving part where you couldn't retrieve most of it so it was kind of alarming um i'm still working on around asking myself the right question saying do is everything that i remember right do i remember it the wrong the right way so yeah that was missed, um misinformation i would like to add that, that that a person can be easily be redirected from the original goal to focusing on an introduce focus on the introduce yes. introduce a popular information so, so for example right now digital marketing is huge it's big but it's not the only type of marketing Mm. Right, even is going to flock what is our marketing and think that that will help a way of redirecting business to to second or customers to particular business. Right, um, for example, with an example of 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 that particular accident, um, the um, there's a lady called Loftus who's uh, well, Elizabeth Loftus, in fact, who's huge at this making this research. It's about giving two examples where there's the accident happened with a stop sign. And then yes. he introduced another example with the yield sign, but he was consistently questioning people on the yield sign. But even though that they knew there was a stop sign, 
their final information that they took in, the commitment that they took on was no, it's actually a yield time, and the truth it was not. Right? So, it's something that, as, as, as I think for me, something that I have to constantly interrogate myself on and saying that um, is everything and anything that I'm doing based on the original information that I've had? And if it's based on the original information that I had, am, am I comfortable with that going forward? Am I going to always say that no, what is popular? What is just being introduced? Am I going to be jumping around being such a rock or I'm just going to be sticking to one thing? Oh, awesome, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Were you done there, Amo? Yes, I was done. Awesome stuff. Tata, let's hear from you. Um, I think, I think, I also watched the same video Amo watched about uh, the handbag kept on hearing people say things and it, it altering her story. And I related to it so well because um, that is how I approached life more specifically this this year when everybody would be telling me how difficult my degree is or how difficult my course is i hadn't even done the work i hadn't even attended the first lecture but in my mind i'm like steady i need guys will fail about it but the moment i realized that i had it, it it's linked somewhere to somehow to the anchoring bias that the information may not have been wrong it for them but that's their experience why can't I now go find out for myself? Why is it that I'm constantly depending on hearing what other people have to say and making that my holy girl, you know? Mm. So over and above everything else that I took from this, it's a matter of how you are interpreting it and to what extent do you allow it to affect you? You know, sometimes you really just gotta chop the past and leave it there and like focus it here mm. going forward because it really can influence you mm. you know but what i want to know from you guys though is how does it affect your your commitment levels towards something right um do we let's hear from you so with 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 this misinformation effect how does it affect your commitment towards a particular goal or a, a particular dream or something that you're pursuing or even towards a particular relationship Can y'all hear me? Loud and clear. I personally believe that like being misinformed about it and actually having kind of like outside influence, even if it's not something that you're fully aware of, it enables you not to fully like focus on what you're doing. So once somebody has kind of influenced you towards saying that like Tato said, stats is hard your kind of perception towards it is already determined you know it's you don't even give yourself that personal experience and it's very hard to do to create a personal experience when people who have already valued um to have the say in your life actually say that something in that sense is a bit difficult yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah. awesome stuff tenolo anything you want to add you're the last one and i'm going into it um when doing research on the misinformation effect, I don't know if Amo touched on this or if I didn't understand properly, but um, it reminds me of like an interrogation room. Mm. So after someone has committed a crime, then um, you see, I watch a lot of crime investigation shows um, mm. and you see it in the one that was really famous, um, When They See Us. Yes. So they will ask you, questions and you'll answer what you know and they ask again mm. 
Mm. And they're like, no, but who and who said you did this? But it's a lie just to see if you're still sticking to your same story. But now it's like, okay, they said that. Did that really happen? So it's like you start to question your truth and what you know. And in that process, you start to, you can see that they were also becoming less committed to their story. So I mean, personally, if it's your goals or your relationships and stuff, when you start questioning what you know, you start to distance yourself from all of that. So I think that just works in like any other, yeah. Facet of life. Yeah. yeah. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. All right. Thank you so much for doing that research, guys. Um, I think, you know, as you, as you, as you engage with this content, you get to realize how, um, or rather, let me put it this way. You get to ask yourself, can I really trust my mind? Right? Like, can I really trust what it's telling me all the time? <laughs> you understand? Or what is influencing what it's telling me all the time? One of the things that, that really stood out for me is to understand that uh, perception drives behavior, behavior drives actions. All right? Perception drives behavior, and behavior drives actions. How you perceive situations or how you perceive a person drives the behavior that you have towards that situation or towards that person and then your behavior fundamentally then will drive how you act towards that person all right so misinformation effect is is a very powerful powerful principle and that's why i wanted you guys to 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 to, to hone in on it i'm going to give you a simple example of the power of of perception. Um, some of you, I may have given you this this example before in, in, in our one-on-one -on -one coaching, so excuse me for the redundancy, but um, for those who have never heard this example, all right? Um, and I want you to see the power that perception has towards behavior and then towards actions, all right? So imagine you are going to the interview of a lifetime. All right, you're going to the interview of a lifetime, you're in your power outfit, you dress nicely, you've got a cup of coffee in your hands, you know, you're ready for this thing, then you jump on a business train and you're about to go to Santon for your interview. Now you're, you're moving from Pretoria to Santon for your interview. Now, as you sit down, everybody there is just calm, collected, you know, business class vibes, you know, everybody's just, you know, focused on what they're going to do. Then as the train gets to the Centurion station, uh, a gentleman walks in looking very untidy, got seven kids with him, and he just plunks himself next to you, right? Just plunks himself next to you, almost even bumps your coffee, you almost spill yourself, you understand? You know, and then his kids just start causing a riot in the train. They're going up and down, they're running, they're bumping people, all right? Initially, how are you feeling towards this person? Let, let me ask Kona, how are you feeling towards this person in this current situation? I think, I think in this case, Coach, uh, anyway, good morning, everyone. So you're going to feel a little bit of, you know, frustrated and irritated. So it might, you know, get, get you out of, uh, because you just woke up focused and, you know, ready for that, but that can really, really distract you. Yeah. 
So you, you're irritated, you're frustrated with this guy, right? And then one of his kids then steps on your fully polished shoe, steps on it, bumps your coffee completely off of your hands, right? And now there's spillage on the floor. Now your frustrations go even further. Now you're not frustrated. Like now you're, you're really mad at this person, right? So let's say, for instance, you, you, you're not, you, you, you turn and you're, you're about to tell him, my guy, like, please, like, can you control your kids, right? And just as you're about to turn and you look at him, he looks at you and he just starts crying, right? He just starts crying and he's like, look, I'm, I'm sorry for that. I'll, I'll go get tissue and just, just clean it. It's just that, you know, we just found out that my wife passed away and we've got seven kids. I have no idea what I'm going to do with these kids. Um, and then he just starts breaking down. All right. So, Kola, what's your reaction to him now? I think, I think automatically now in your, in, your, in your mind, you're going to sympathize with him. And obviously, you know, start, you know, asking how, how you can help and all of that. You're, you're, you're going to move automatically to trying to help out even with the kids at the moment. Mm. Yeah. So in, instinctively, I like how you say instantly, your whole behavior towards this one person changes. And remember, the situation hasn't changed. The kids are still running around, causing a riot and things like that. But just because of one piece of information that you received, your entire perception on the situation has changed. Now your behavior is not angry. Now your behavior is, oh my goodness, seven kids. Imagine if that was me. Oh God, no, no, no. We need to help this person, right? So your belief system switches from an angry, irritated to compassionate, sympathetic. And because your belief system has changed, your action towards him has changed. Because maybe you, you are about to turn and just give him a nice lefty. But I'm gonna control your kids, you know? But now you're like, oh my word, let me even help you, you know, to see how you can control your kids and things like that. With this example, I want you to see how one piece of information changes perspective, and a change in perspective changes your belief system, and a change in your belief system that immediately changes your actions. All right? Let me give you another example. Um, it's about nine o'clock. Um, you're about to go to sleep, and you're like, you know what? You take a phone and let And you know, get a good night, baby. Get a good night, you know. You're in good vibes. You're like, what's going on? What's wrong? Why is why is he, he, he not answering this phone? I hold one WhatsApp. Moto online. I. Instantly, your perception changes and instantly you move from let me call my baby to Owen Kraila. Why is Instantly. Then 30 minutes go by and you've, you've blown a casket. You've sent in messages. Oh, so you don't answer my phone now? Okay. So this is how we're acting these days. Hmm? 
right? Then he calls you and he's like, babe, sorry, I was in a meeting with my mom. Like my cousin, we just found out my cousin is pregnant. The whole family is, is, is in uproar. So I couldn't take your calls at the time. Now, where? Instantly, now you're, yo, sorry, baby. Ish, uh, ish, sorry about those texts. It's just that it's Nikki puts up quite a thing. Do you understand? Why was Ankarabe? Do you understand? Like, it, it's one piece of information can change your entire perspective, which changes your belief system, which then changes your actions. One piece of information. Now, my question is, how much information have you received since you were alive? Mm -hmm. And how much of that information is affecting your perspective, affecting your belief systems, and affecting the actions that you sometimes even think these are instinctive actions towards how I do things. This is just how I do things. Is it really? Is it really how you do things? Or is it the compounding effect from the things you have just exposed yourself to? You need to think about it. The way you do things, is that really how you are wired? Or is it the compounding effect of the things you have just exposed yourself to? over a period of time. Because if one piece of information can affect your entire perspective instantly like that, imagine if you kept hearing that one piece of information day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. If day in and day out you kept hearing, you're useless, you're useless. You'll never amount to anything, you're useless. What do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Day in and day out, that's what you kept hearing. Imagine how it impacts your belief system and how it impacts your behaviors. I remember when, when I was in high school, um, and I've given you guys this example a couple of times, I always used to reach the final stage of trials. And it just took one conversation to change my entire perspective, and I've never not made trials ever since then. Because when I would get to the last stage, I would focus on the talent that is there, and then I would write myself out. Right? I'd be like, I, I don't match up to this. I can't possibly match up to this. So if I would even avoid, you know, when you're playing and you play behind players so that people don't pass you. Like literally, you go behind players so that you're not open. So I would literally, even in my actions, sort of put myself in positions where my talent could never be seen. And I remember my, 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 in grade 10, my coach sat me down at the beginning of the season. And she's like, I've watched you sabotage yourself the past two years when it comes to the final round of trials. Because when you get to the final round, you don't believe that you are talented at that level. So I've watched you two years in a row count yourself out. And she's like, you must understand these people live and breathe such as you do. There's nothing they can do that you can't. Do you understand? And that new perspective, because what she told me is, this is where you're going to play. And I want you to have the mindset to say, nobody comes into your space and controls your space. 
She's like, you must literally, every time you get on the field, because I played right back, she's like, in, the, in that, that, that channel, you must like, this is my house. You don't come into my house and misbehave. Hmm? So just that, that conversation triggered my mindset to say, believe that you can do it. You understand? So I got new information. It gave me a different perspective, gave me a different behavior. I mean, a different belief system and my actions then boom. The next three years, grade 10, grade 11, and in matric, I made provincials. You understand? So with the misinformation effect, one of the key things that you need to understand about it is that it's important how you, how you consume information from authority figures. The research that they did is that a lot of the times we change our stories or we, 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 we refrain from the committing to our original stories when the line of questioning comes from an authority figure. So you come with a great idea, right? In your mind, it's a great idea. Then you come to Coach T, you're like, Coach, I want to do this and this. And then Coach is like, is that the best way to go about it? Uh, instantly, right? You're like, yeah, ish, maybe I need to think about it some more. Yeah, ish, maybe, uh, no, maybe, maybe there's another, is there another way there, coach? Hmm? Instantly, just by me, because you, you respect me as an authority in your life and listen to how I say the question, right? I don't even put it in a positive way of saying, oh, great stuff. So what other ways are there to approach it? I simply say, is, is that the best way to go about it? And that's why a lot of you have allowed peer pressure to make you lose commitment because you're in a circle of friends and then the wolf pack leader asks a question why will it be why why we turn so serious uh maybe got tight Maybe get tense too much. Maybe I should slow. Maybe I should slow down. Hmm? Yeah, and your facial expressions are letting me know. So be careful about how you perceive things from people of authority. When people of authority question, that's why it's so important that you monitor who you take your your ideas to initially. It's very important. If, you, if you've got an older sibling that you trust, all right, or that you reverence, and you have an idea and you take them to them, their initial response can have such an impact on whether or not you follow through with that concept or not. And sometimes, and this is the thing, sometimes it's not that people are actively trying to get you to think negatively. Sometimes it's just the way people ask questions. Sometimes you think to yourself, maybe you should have paused and rather first congratulated before you ask the question. You get what I mean? But people don't always think at that level. So you need to be very careful who you, you expose your, 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 your ideas to initially because a lot of you in questioning, you've let go. So Tepa has this great idea that he wants to pursue. He's excited. He then shares it with his wife. And then the wife is like, but what's going to be different this time? Sabotage. Sabotage. 
Now he's going through a whole lot of anxiety going, yeah, I'm still the same person. What makes me think I'm going to be able to do it this time? I, yeah, maybe she's got a point. Yeah, nah. yeah I, I, let me stick to what I'm doing. And then you lose commitment. Or you start a new relationship and you go, you tell your friends, your best friends, you know, I'm like, we're not happy. Ah, uh, rap, 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 rap. Hmm? Oh, she's like, now your whole mindset towards the relationship is different. Uh, you're one foot in, one foot out. So be careful how you, you, you take in information from authority figures. Be very careful. Second thing, Watch how people question the things that you're committed to, all right? Because one of the things that when it comes to misinformation is that it's, it's when, like for instance, the car accident example, people answer differently when the guy asked them, um, how was the, how, what was the impact when the cars hit each other versus how was the impact when the car smashed into each other? Right? When you ask people, how was the impact when the cars hit each other? They were like, nah, there was no glasses. The cars just hit each other. But when he says when they smashed each other, people were like, yo, there was glasses. Everything went haywire. It was just such a terrible accident. You understand? So the, the leading questions that you use, especially in your reflecting. So you've got evening routines, right? You must be careful of the leading questions you ask yourself. All right. When you're reflecting and you ask yourself, was that the best you could do? That's a negative statement. Do you understand? So in your reflecting, you already have a negative energy towards that particular thing. Rather than if you were to ask yourself, if we were presented with the same situation next time, how could we improve our response rate? so that we can get a better outcome. It's a lot calmer. The way you're reflecting there is a lot calmer. So a lot of you give yourself anxiety because of the leading questions that you ask yourself when you're reflecting. And then it causes you to remember it wrong and it causes you to then come up with the wrong conclusions. Do you understand? Because when you ask yourself, was that the best you could do? Like, now you started going down the wrong rabbit hole. Wrong, wrong rabbit hole. Like some of you, I ask you on a, on a, on a weekly basis to send me um, uh, reflection, reflection, voice notes and stuff like that on the weekend. Sometimes I can hear when you're, you're reflecting is negative because of the leading questions that you're asking yourself about that particular thing. And it creates a misinformation effect. Make sense? All right. So be careful about the information you take from authority figures, how you take it. All right. And the leading questions that you guys have when it comes to reflecting, because the misinformation creates a perception, the perception creates a belief system, and the belief system creates actions. It's very important. All right. Now, there's, 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 and I'm sure you guys saw with misinformation effect, a lot of it can also be lined up to implicit memory, right? 
I hope you guys saw the connection because remembering it right has a lot to do with implicit memory. So if you don't remember events correctly, all right, your responses towards certain things, like for instance, some of you, there are cousins who you are angry with, but if we were to ask you why you are angry with them or you don't talk to them, you can't answer. And fundamentally, you're angry with them because when you grew up, your parents weren't getting along. And your parents would always tell you, and now you grew up not going knowing that we are against that family. Now you've got an attitude against them. You don't like them, but you don't even know why, why you don't like them. All you know is their parents and your parents don't get along. They fought at some stage in life and you then took over the fight. So your legacy is that you're taking over the fight. Rambo. You're taking over the fight. So remember things right, guys. Remember things right. All right. Now, there's a there's there's a there's a, a another bias that I want us to touch on. It's called the actor observer bias. All right. The actor observer bias. The actor observer bias. Now, this one I get to see a lot in, 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 in the corporate space, um, especially with leaders, all right? Especially with leaders. You find um, a leader in a, in a, in a certain position. Um, so let me, just, let me just note these so you can write this down before I, ex I explain further, all right? Write this down. Um, the actor is influenced by external factors. All right, and I'll explain that the actor is influenced by external factors, whereas the observer is influenced by internal factors. All right, so I'll use a simple example of, of somebody being late at work. All right, somebody being late at work. So. As a manager, when somebody is late at work, often we you take on the position of the observer, all right? And you look at the person as the actor. So they are late at work. And oftentimes the conclusions we come up with to why people are late are external. It's like this person is irresponsible. They don't, they don't respect time. Um, they have no co concept of time management. Right? Like we're so quick to lay on these critical critiques on people, right? Because we are taking on the role of I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a higher power, I'm observing. Um, so from an observer's perspective, I think you need to really, um, you need to up your game in terms of how you see work. You can't always be coming late and things like that. Until life, the greatest leveler comes and you as the manager come to work late. And then when you come to work late, it's no longer you need to respect time, you need to respect your work. It's, you know, guys, I'm really not feeling well these weeks. Like now you, you're saying the reason why you're late is internal stuff, right? Like I'm, really, I'm, I'm overworked. Like you have this tendency of being more lenient towards yourself. If you are the actor, then if you are standing as an observer towards other people. Right? So when you see somebody doing something in a relationship or you're watching a show, you're an observer. 
And you're like, wow, how the hell could they do that? How could they speak to somebody like that? Yes, that's so disgusting. Until you're in the same situation, saying the exact same stuff, but now, because you are in the situation and you're the actor now, you're like, no, no, really, like this person really just, they shouldn't have spoken to me like that. They pushed me towards this behavior. How could you bring this stuff out of me? I'm not really this kind of person. You understand? So because you don't hold other people to the same systems that you hold yourself accountable to, your level of commitment to certain things then becomes compromised because you're not as harsh on yourself as you are on other people. You're quick to call other people out, but how often do you call yourself out? You're quick to give people a, a, a 10 page um, document on time management and energy management. When it comes to relationships and advice, what do you Dr. Field? You're the first one to comment on people's statuses. This is how you can improve it. Hmm? Don't you think your, your, your branding would be more effective if you were to do this? branding advice to 15 followers. I, 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 I had a good laugh this week. Um, so because we've been so, so aggressive with some of our marketing, um, we've, been, we've been contacted by, uh, I think about four uh, brand specialist companies in, in the States that wanted to, to, to take over our brand and take it to the next level. So the first thing I do is I go over and follow the person, uh, not follow, go and look at the person's profile. And one person has like a hundred and something followers. And I'm like, ah, like if you can't get your own following up, how are you gonna get mine? Like if you understand? Like one that I actually considered and took seriously, they had I think over four hundred and fifty thousand. I'm like, what well, these are people we can speak to. It's a hundred and fifty man. No, 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 no. I So a lot of you, because you are, you excuse your behavior, but you come so hard on other people. Hmm? Guys, in relationships, you see us speaking to guys. You know, I don't, I don't like it when you speak to guys. I, I don't like it when you give other people attention and not me. So it's easy when it's when it applies to that person, but not when it applies to you. And this blindness that you have for yourself stagnates your growth. 
It's what the Bible says. You're trying to take out a, 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 a splinter from someone's eye. Marwena, you've got a huge log stuck right in your eye. Untusaya. You've taken up a position of leadership, but you can't lead your life. You can give me 10 keys to leadership. 10 keys to making a great leader. But when we look at your life, ah, Nix. 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 So you, you are quick to take on the observer role when it comes to other people. And then you judge them as actors and you say, this person has this, this person has that. But when the roles are changed, you can't drink the same medication. Tato, I see your hand is up. Go for it. What is, where do we draw the line between being an and an observer in your life and being kind to yourself. Being? And not being an observer in your life and not being too hard on yourself. All right. So there is self-care, self-love, and then there's self-pity. All right. Self-care produces health. It produces awareness. It produces good activity. Self-pity keeps you stuck in emotions. A lot of us, what we call being lenient on ourselves is when we tip the scale towards self-pity and we get stuck in the very emotions. Self-care has a way of helping you get out of that place. Its end result is about helping you get out of that place. You understand? So when I'm lenient on myself, I'm saying, all right, take a breather. You did your best. It didn't work out. Take a breather, but tomorrow we go for it again. Self-pity is like two weeks, you're still taking a breather. So always test the fundamental outcomes of each process and see how long is it keeping you there. Because you can't tell me that you're caring for yourself if the state you're keeping yourself in is detrimental to where you want to go. That doesn't sound like care. Make sense, Tato? Awesome stuff. All right, the last one before I go. The last one. And this is this is so important, guys. This is this 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 is not part of biases, but it's another key belief system that I think affects our ability to commit to things long term. And that is our motivating factors. All right? Test your motivating factors. I want to say this. If your motivating factor is not aligned to something that is intrinsic to you or to who you want to become, that motivating factor will not be sufficient to carry you through the entire race. I'll say that again. If the motivating factor is not, intrin is not aligned to something that is intrinsic to who you are or intrinsic to who you want to become, 
then it won't have the, the, the stamina or the staying power to be able to motivate you and push you to the finish line. Some of you changed because you wanted to impress somebody. Your motivating factor was I want to impress somebody, so I'm going to then change. And then when that somebody um, did something to hurt you, disappointed you, then boom, we're now all over to back to square one. Because your motivating factor of the change wasn't intrinsic to who you are, it was intrinsic to somebody else. Some of you are chasing after stuff because of your parents. And then the moment they upset you, ah, that weekend, Rebona, the true you. That weekend, Rebona, the true, true you. Some of you went to church for the wrong reasons. And sooner or later, we then see the true outcomes. Some of you are, are starting businesses for the wrong reasons. The motivating factor, and, and, and this is so, so important. And I think somebody who I've dealt with a lot with is, is, is Tenolo. And, you know, I think she can attest, like you, you don't have the staying power to end up being committed to the stuff if the motivating factor is not truly intrinsic. Like you, you suffer from the shiny penny syndrome. So every time something that looks better comes along, you then forget that and then you jump onto something that's better because your motivating factor was not linked to intrinsicness of who you are. Let me tell you something. There'll always be a better opportunity. There'll always be an opportunity that can make you more money. There'll always be somebody who looks better. There'll always be somebody who can promise you better. Always. All the time. All the time. So if you're going to allow the opportunity of better to keep talking you out of the things that you say you want to chase after, you'll never accomplish anything in life. You'll always find yourself in starting mode. You'll always find yourself in starting. Always starting new relationships. Always starting new businesses. Always starting new partnerships. Always starting new organizations. You'll never grow anything. There'll always be a better option. Or actually what seems like a better option. Because just because it looks greener doesn't mean it's healthier. Make sense? So you need to ask yourself, what are my motivating factors? Why am I really doing this? That's my motivating factor. I, 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 I remember... And I think I, I, I spoke to somebody about this during this week. Um, when I was in first year, I think it was, it was June exams. I You know when you walk into the room and your head is already down because you're just like, hey, 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 
Um, and my, my mom wasn't really impressed with my marks and stuff like that. And my brother wasn't impressed either. And then my mom left and then I don't know where my brother went to. So I sent my brother a text and I'm like, you know, I know I could have done better. Um, I'm really going to work hard on making you proud and, you know, making the memory of our late father um, proud and stuff like that. And my brother sent me a very harsh message back and he's like, I, like, I don't want you to ever do anything for any of us. If you're going to do something, it must be for yourself. The starting point must be you. Because we will disappoint you countless times in life. And if you do it for us, the days we disappoint you, you stop doing it. And it, it, at the moment, it seemed like a very harsh message, especially because he started off with high foot I'm like, you could have started this message off a lot easier. But literally, as I look back on it, that was some of the greatest advice that I got because instantly, instantly from there, I then had to change my motivating factors and stop making it about them and start figuring out why do I actually want to do this? Why am I actually in this career? Why have I actually picked this thing? Do you understand? And once I understood that, as Leslie would say, distinction boys worldwide. I never read. Because I, I, I got to finally link it up with something that was intrinsic to who I am. Some of you don't have the staying power because why you're doing it is linked to somebody else. The reason doesn't cut you deep enough. And that's why it's up on, our, on our first um, ever session, one of the things that I said to you is don't do it for your wife, don't do it for your kids. Do it for you. Do it for you because they're going to disappoint you at some point in life. Humans are futile people. They, at some point, some human that you care about is going to disappoint you. And if you're doing it just for them, at that point, you down tools. And then we start hearing things like, you guys appreciate all the sacrifice that I've made for you. But we didn't ask you. And then Do you understand? So what's your motivating belief? What's your motivating factor for being a Christian? What's your motivating factor for being this nice person that you say you are? Hmm? Why are you praying? Why are you going to church? What's your motivating factor? Is it because you 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 need a breakthrough in that bursary? So now all of a sudden automatically prayer at twelve. Or is it because you genuinely want a, a living, breathing, walking relationship with God? What's your motivating factor? Do you genuinely want to help people or are you doing this for cloud? The content producer go with Anina. Is this for fame or for impact? 
And if it's for impact, why are you making it about the numbers? They were, they were recently interviewing the lady who does um, Eric Thomas's social media. And one of the questions the person asked is, how can we grow our following? And the lady asked something so powerful. It's like, are you feeding the one person that's currently following? That one person that's currently following, are you meeting their needs? If you're not meeting their needs, then what makes you think you can feed 10 people? And Sapa, this speaks to, 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 to the branding question that you asked me, you know? How do you position yourself? My question to you is, have you helped the people that are following you right now? Have you taken their, 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 their need for getting their cause so personal that you go above and beyond to make sure that you are helping the current people that you have right now? Because you can have the numbers, but if there's no impact, there will be no transacting. I guarantee you. There'll be no transacting. Any questions, any comments before we wrap it up? Tato, your hand is still up. Is it from earlier or do you have a question? Okay, cool. All right. Comments, let's take some comments then. Um, Kula, let's hear from you. Let's hear from Mpo. Let's hear from Tumi and let's hear from Khoti as well. Kula, Mpo, Tumi and Khoti, let's go. Hey, well, coach, uh, man, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, what you say regarding like your like your motives, I think it's, is the same as like having like a strong why to why you want to do things. I think it makes sense in like everything that we spoke about today, because there can be like biases whereby someone can just tell you that, hey, don't talk to this person because they are not good for you, or you know, don't go to that company because of you know they're not going to treat you well or something. So I think you know while we're talking, I'm reflecting on it like a lot of things that that has been going on. And also, just also trying to to look at what is really like my motivating factor in, in a lot of things that I do or in a lot of things that I want to pursue. Mm. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Kola. I'm glad it's causing that reflectiveness. And remember, reflect um, with the right questions. No? Mpo, let's hear from you, Champ. What are your, your viewpoints? We can't hear you there, Champ. Uh, we can't hear you. All right, okay, no problem. While Mpo's trying to, to sort himself out there, to me, Sam, Madam Speaker. Uh, um, so today's session was very impactful. I think for me, what stood out is that um what is motivating your belief like what makes you actually want to do it stood out you know because sometimes even when your personal motivation is there at some point it does kind of get fluffy and you do can you guys hear me yes it yes. does kind of get fluffy and then you like do wonder off 
off the track. So for me today, it was like very important to highlight that. Also, when you were talking about asking yourself, how do you ask yourself the questions in your reflections? Mm-hmm. That really stood out for me on how to be more positive because half the time when I see something go wrong, I literally make sure that I tell myself that it's going wrong and I ensure that I believe it. So I, I'm starting a new charity on asking myself relevant questions that will make things better, but also to highlight the truth on whether it is wrong or not. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Yes, we can hear you now, Mpo. We can hear Okay. Um, so can I go now? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think for me, it got me thinking about the impact and how it forms like a domino effect. Um, like along the lines of how being, not having one piece of information in one scenario, the impact of that over time compounds. Mm. Um, and, and how that like how, how kind of adds on in other scenarios and how that can be completely misleading. And only in hindsight do you realize the impact of those small bits of information not being correct. Um, so yeah, and, and I think like, like just also like kind of thinking about the one day, I think you released um, a one minute thing on Instagram about auditing your thoughts, right? And um, sometimes we go through, through, through things and experience life, um, but really do we actually sit and audit that? And uh, so to some extent that has also been distorted. So yeah. That's important. That's important. Just to add on to what Umpo is saying, you need to question how you are introduced to things, guys. You need to question how you are introduced to things. How you are introduced to things can be can have a long-lasting effect in terms of the anchoring biasy that you have towards things. So question how you are introduced to things. All right? Koti, let's hear from you later. All right. Um, my feedback would come, or my commentary would come, firstly on um, questioning how we receive feedback from authoritative figures. Um, I think what when you spoke there, Coach, what's what stood out for me is that we need to get into the habit of objectively stress testing the truths we receive from those we deem as authoritative figures. Um, because I, I recently had an experience where I had to actually go out of myself and look at what that person was saying, not who they are. Oh. Just look at what they say and stress test that truth against reality. You need to always be able to just look for truth from whoever. Um, and the second thing that really stood out for me is the leading question. Um, leading questions we have while reflecting. Oh. And it it hit me hard because um, this year, especially for me, because I've I've really been alone, especially during the lockdown quarantine. Mm-hmm. I found myself in a point where I was reflecting alone, having these internal debates alone, and I'd consistently lead myself into a rabbit hole mm-hmm. until some external someone had to come in and say, "Dude, you had to you have." Into the habit of actually testing out your ideas and speaking to someone or else of course I drove mm. because uh, it, it literally I got to a point where I was in a 
proper rabbit holes because I had so many internal debates going back and forth. And most of them had wrong leading questions oh. that I could not look at situations objectively because oh. um, observe and act at the same time. It was a mess <laughs> <laughs> until yeah. someone had to say, dude, you have to, you have to speak. You have to, you have to speak out your ideas or else um, you might end up in these rabbit holes alone and it, it won't be nice. So for yeah. me, that's, the two points that I'd, I'd love to uh, make commentary on. All right, awesome stuff. Thanks for that feedback. Yes, Malemo, go for it, Chuck. Um, just to add on to what um, Khotato said, um, I just feel like we need to also pay attention to how we reflect um, because um, are we just looking at what happened or are we looking at how we can do better, right? Because one presents you with an opportunity and the other one just shows you what you've missed out on. Mm. So if we understand the difference between the two and how we actually pay attention or how we actually engage in that moment, it can change like everything for us. Yeah. No, awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Thank you for that, guys. Thank you for the great session, guys. Um, make sure that you guys go back to these sessions, you know, really, really think about the stuff that we've covered. Um, think about it, think about it, think about it. Next week, we start a new series. Um, yeah, management told me that I only have two weeks for this one because, yeah. Next week, we start a new series. Leslie's going to be on the call as well. So it's going to get, get very interesting and very, very fun. It's going to be very fun next week. Um, so, yeah, let's take the selfie. The video, the video, the video. Caroline, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right, Mata says she won't be able to, to switch her video Hi. on. All right, let's go, Masaho. Three, two, one. Oh. Can I take another one? Kodek, Abash. Three, two, one. Alrighty. Awesome stuff, guys. Thank you so much for jumping on the call. Let's end it in prayer. Kola, can you just close for us there, champ? Okay. Can we just bow our heads, guys? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, guys, for this day, Lord. We thank you for this session. Thank you for uh, changing our minds. Thank you for renewing our minds. Lord Jesus, with everything that we had, we're going to improve ourselves and implement in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, amen. Remember, guys, leave them better than how you found them. Have a fantastic, fantastic week. Love you all. God bless. See you next week.